Welcome to the Balanced Being Podcast with Guni Sodi. Your life made simple. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Balanced Being Podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying the weekly guests that we're bringing on. It's just been so amazing to connect with some of my fellow business partners, colleagues, mentors, and just some family friends that I feel provide incredible value. And as we continue, I would love to take this moment to introduce a good family friend of mine, more like an elder brother to me. I mean, the more we get to know each other and the more we're drawn to how amazing entrepreneurship is. And I couldn't think of anybody better to bring on this platform for innovation. That's what I kind of wanted to touch up on is I was hearing all this chatter on social media and, and other people struggling, like, how do we innovate here? And it's such a great time to think about that because there's so many problems that need to be solved. And with that, innovation is the spark. And I couldn't think of anyone better to bring on than my dear friend, Amit. And Amit Reiki is a fellow Washingtonian. You know, when I, when I was there and he lives in Bellevue and as, as did I and my parents, but I want to kind of get into his background. This is a little brief background, then I'll bring Amit in. So Amit's been an innovator and entrepreneur for over 20 years, and this is actually how we met each other. His experience ranges from launching and selling new technology products throughout the world for large organizations and to leading innovation in groups. In his last few roles, he was a chief business development officer for Viome, which is a health company, a health tech company. And this is actually a really exciting part and what I really want to dive into as well and was the National VP of Innovation at the American Cancer Society. That to me was just amazing. I've heard snippets of it. I can't wait to share that with you guys. Currently, he's working on an awesome project, and he is the CEO of Zoned In CBD, which he started with an NFL legend, a local Seahawk, Lofa Tatupu. Amit, welcome to the podcast, brother. Thank you so much for your time. I cannot wait to get into this. Gunisodi, it's so good to be here, brother. I'm happy to be here with you. Thank you, man. Thank you. So, Ahmed, you've had such a diverse background, but one thing that I've always learned and seen in you is you are such a believer in what entrepreneurship can do. Can you kind of take us through your story of where, like, I've shared things where I first was introduced to that entrepreneurship seed and I think once it's implanted, man, it's like it doesn't leave you if, if it is right for you. Oh, can you, can you yeah. share that with me, bud? From an entrepreneurship perspective, I always, uh, it's funny, right? It comes down to personality. So for me, I've always loved people, right? right. I've right. Loved, I loved people and I, and I wanted to uh, be with people and take care of people. And so when I saw a person with a problem, I was like, yo, we've got to, we've got to, <laughs> we got to, all right. And so for me, that's where it kind of started. It was like, okay, how do I fix that problem? Then pretty soon you start to realize as you get older and you start to get into business and, and that type of thing, you're like, wait a second, I can, I think I can make some money off that too, right? Right, so right, you right. Start with this and, and you hear it in the entrepreneurship circles, you hear it around design thinking, you hear the term just empathy. What it comes down to really, Guni, is, is empathy. Right? You want everything that we do in business should be designed around the person that we're trying to go and help. And so for me, it became natural because I love people. I wanted to solve their problems. I had this deep empathy. And then as I went through my business career and I started learning more about 
more about business, I was like, you know what? I think that some of these things that I'm doing right now can, can really become solid, solid businesses. And that's, that's how, you know, that's how I really started to grow up in entre uh, entrepreneurship. Now, as a young, young kid, yeah, I mean, my, you know, my parents uh, invested in real estate and I'd go around with my dad and we, you know, we had rental homes and he would say, hey, what's a good area to, to look into? And I'd plot that Sunday paper and it's <laughs> something that gets delivered to your house. It's actual paper kills trees, horrible thing. But I would <laughs> plot that, I'd pull out that Sunday paper and I'd look in that real estate section. I think it was section 556 right? Where it said like lots, you know, and I'd like, okay, what, what do we got here? And so I started learning about competition. I started learning about markets. I would watch, you know, these trends and I didn't even know I was, I mean, that, that's not what I called it back then. I was, you know, looking for a deal, but as you, as I started to do that, I was like, okay, I get it. Right. And, and as I got older and I went to Western Washington university, got a business degree, I started to put terms to this stuff. Right. right. And after school, I was blessed, like totally lucky to get this job as a global product manager where I could just, you know, look at things that were happening, you know, to people in, in offices, you know, different developers, people outside offices that needed different solutions. And I was able to come up with some of these solutions and, and travel the world and, and sell them. And so, yeah, man, I mean, that for me, it was just always about, you know, how do I help a person out? And then, and then I got creative around it and then I'd, I'd solve problems. I love that, man. And, and every time I talk to you, you know, you have a really unique way of looking at marketing. When you labeled it as empathy, that is, and I think you would agree, Amit, sometimes the best marketing and communication is the simplest. The one that just, and, yeah. and when you said empathy, it was almost like a thought bubble that happened for me. It's like, we have five different SKUs for our, our products, the five leading SKUs. And yeah. one of the SKUs is always going to be your leader, right? It's the 80-20 rule. And I just thought about it. I'm like, you know what? Just this conversation inspired me. And then what we're going to get into the thing is, why are we not creating more collateral, more content, empathetically geared towards that? So it's like, every time I talk to you, I think you have this a real skill for really making the complicated into a simple thing. And that's kind of what really inspired me to say, hey, man, let me invite you on here and oh, get, get, into, get into like your real creative like mode, it's, it's the innovation. I know you've been exposed to many things around innovation. And, and if you don't mind, I'd love to learn about your, your time at the, the Cancer Society. But before we get into that, what does innovation mean to you? For somebody that's been involved in so many projects, and in fact, people look to you for this. So you kind of have this maybe different perspective that I'd love for you to paint to the, for the community on innovation, because it's, it's a word thrown out a lot, man. For me, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's about solving problems, but also solving real problems, right? right? I mean, there's some stuff that, you know, people consider innovation. It's like, eh, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Just really, are you solving a problem that is, that's a real issue for somebody? And to me, that's where innovation lives. Now there's, there's two types of innovation, right? So there's mm -hmm. this, this notion of revolutionary innovation and evolutionary innovation, right? So when the, Right. When the iPhone came out, that was revolutionary. I mean, Absolutely. that was huge. Just like, oh my God, I can listen to music and, I, and walk around. I can check emails. Holy smokes. So, look, look what's happened to the world since, right? Right. When the iPhone, man, I'm an Android guy. What, what's the last iPhone 11 or whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah. That was evolutionary. It was innovative. There were new, new things that were part of it, 
but it didn't have that transformational piece. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't something that changed something completely, right? And so both those types of innovation are, are great, right? I mean, you know, sometimes you need to do you know, a stepped approach after you've already launched something. Sometimes you need to come up with something completely new. Sometimes Correct. your market changes on you, right? I mean, so you, when you run an innovation group, going back to your American Cancer Society thing, right? You have to look at both of those things and say, okay, where do I need to just try to go for a grand slam and do something completely new and see what happens? You got to be okay with failure, right? See right. what happens, learn from it. Or, you know, how much, how much of my portfolio, resources, time, energy, people, all that, how much of that needs to go to just making sure that the cash cow is, is working? And so innovation, again, going back to your first, your first question to me is, bringing those new things to life and really solving problems either in a way that is transformational to the market or a way that, that improves on what's already there. And for people, Amit, that are having a hard time, especially right now, finding the innovation because of just the bombardment of, of the news and, and the media and, 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 you know, honestly, a lot of negativity and pessimism going around. How, especially right now, but for me, it's like, I feel like it's inspiring time to solve these problems. But for others, yeah. how can you find innovation even at this time? Well, I, th- I think you said it right as you, were, as you were outlining the question is finding the problems. How do you innovate? I think that's a great question. Is you have to really look and say, okay, what, what are the problems that I have in front of me, right? What are my physical constraints, right? What are other people's physical constraints? What are the things that I cannot do that I've, that I've done before? And then how can I take a look at these things, these problems that I'm experiencing in my life and come up with ideas to help fix them for me and help fix them for other people? What makes an innovator different than an entrepreneur though? I mean, let's, let's kind of break this down. A little I love bit, that. Is that an innovator can say, okay, I've got this great idea. And man, but it may be brilliant. It may be a brilliant idea. You may even, be, you may even know how to do it. Right? right. Let's. I've got an idea. I know how to execute it. What entrepreneurs can do is they can they can look at it and say, okay, from a financial standpoint, this idea that you have is there a market for it? Is that market mm-hmm. big enough? How much will that market bear in regards to the price of the idea? Right. And then the other side of the equation, how much is it going to cost to get this to life? How long am I going to have to stay in the red before I can go into the green? And then that's when they launch. I mean, that, so that's just the launching point. And as you launch, you start to learn more about your business. You get tighter, you make mistakes, you get tighter, you make mistakes, you get tighter. Because at the beginning of that idea, even though you've put those financials together, even though you put that spreadsheet, you spent hours in front of Excel, you went and did your Google research and you looked right. at all your competitors and you have all those spreadsheets, right? All you have are assumptions. Right. You have no assumptions, right? You've, you've put together a whole bunch of assumptions on what you think will happen. Now let's talk about revolutionary innovation. When you're doing something revolutionary where you've got a brand new idea and you've got a brand new market, like our CBD company, for example, you've got a brand new idea in a brand new market with changing regulations, with different marketing constrictions and all of this stuff. And we launched the company knowing, hey, there's a lot of assumptions here. We have to go through the journey of seeing what reality is like once we launch and be able to adjust quickly. We call it pivoting, right? Right. Be able to adjust quickly and, and make those nimble moves so that you can keep the company going. That's the difference. Innovator comes up with some great ideas. 
entrepreneur is able to take those ideas and bring them to life and has a high tolerance for risk. And we're all going to, you and I are wired very different than a lot of the population, right? We're just, right. right? We are. And so, you know, they, they're able to take those risks and say, okay, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this. Now you can take risks in different ways. You can keep working a job. You can, you know, you can do stuff at night. I mean, it depends on where you're at financially or, or where you're at in your life or what you have to support. So, I mean, there's that, but, but my point is, is that how, taking an idea and, and bringing it to life, right? Really bringing it to life and creating a solid company around it. I mean, there's, there's art in both of those. It takes both, both sides of your brain. Like you got to take that creativity. You got to take those analytical skills. And you got to bring them together and just, you know, and have your heart in it with the empathy and boom, you're off. Yeah. I just want to say thank you for touching up on that, that difference of entrepreneurship and innovator. I sometimes see it with myself, I get maybe too involved in one of the, the positions and roles, or I've seen it in other companies where the driver is actually sitting in the back seat and should be driving the car. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. it's so interesting to know. And so that's around the awareness you, you, for when you're building a company or innovating any spaces, understand your role, your skill set, and then be open to allowing other people to maybe have, you have that wonderful idea, but you don't know crap about how to execute. You don't know where the suppliers, the vendors, supply chain, anything comes in. But hey, that's okay because person A does. You know, and I think that's such a great point to make. I want to first also dive into your experience at the American Cancer Society and then kind of go pivot towards the, the, your zoned in. But at the American Cancer uh, Society, like paint the picture for us. What I mean, as much as you can share, of course. What were so? What were some of the problems you guys were tackling, and how did you guys approach it, dealing with such a now that's a prevalent disease? You know, I have to highlight something that you said for your listeners because I think it's extremely important. Is to really, uh, and then I'll get right into the American Cancer Society. Is to really know who you are, right? Yeah. I mean, I am a good. I'm pretty good at a couple of things. I suck at a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm raising my hand right there, brother. I'm raising my hand. You can't see it, but I'm raising my hand too. <laughs> I really do. And so when I was, I was blessed to have learned that about myself early, right? So when I went to the American Cancer Society, here's my tie-in. How do you like that segue? I like I it. <laughs> the first thing I asked for was I want somebody that is as linear as can be right? Like I, I am a big idea. I can execute as well, but I need somebody that's program management, super linear. I mean, I don't even finish half my sentences, right? So I mean, I need somebody that's, <laughs> that's what I did. I went in there and there were, there were two things that we were trying to do that they hired me for. So it was a new position, brand new, which I wanted, right? I wanted to kind of build my own team and, and build my own, you know, platform and my own agenda. And, but they had two, two purviews, right? They said, one, I want you to figure out how we can make the American Cancer Society more innovative as a company, right? On the revenue side, right? How do we come up with new things that we can do to bring in millennials, really, and use the power of the people? We had, I think, I was there 6,000 people that were employees, but we also had, I think, 4 million volunteers at the time, right? So how do you take energy of people that are on the front lines that have the empathy, that see the problems, that have already thought of the solutions and harness that into new products. 
the other thing was, and by the way, you guys, we want you to make some new products as well. And so, so <laughs> I got a team of, of some really smart people, some right brain, some left brain, some both, right? Uh, and I was, I was blessed with just a, with an amazing team of folks. And we first started looking at that first problem of how do you make the American Cancer Society more innovative? And so we started asking questions and talking to people, again, getting into the minds and the hearts of the people that, that were out there. We started traveling, meeting with folks, and we started to hear the ideas pop up. And we're like, okay, we kind of understand what some of the problems are, and we've heard some really cool solutions around it. After we did that, we created a innovation contest. Mm. We said, I'm, you know, we've got this budget here to put right. towards and, and by the way, the other part about this is if you're, you're running innovation at, the, at a big organization like that, you've got to make sure that the CEO is all bought in because there's going to be failures. There's going to be stuff that happens. And, and to, uh, to their credit, because uh, I had two different teams when I was there, they both were like, go, just go. Nice. We built out this innovation contest. We created like a stage gate process of, of vetting ideas. And then we held this, I won't call it shark tank, but it was kind of like that type of thing in in Atlanta, where we flew these folks over from around the country that had come up with these ideas, and we funded one at the end of it. Uh, and we actually funded a little bit of some of the other ideas as well. And we watched them go, which was great, right? And then the other thing that we did, you know, we had this group that was, there were all sorts of folks uh, that were on my team. And we started to do some design thinking. We started to look at the problem. We started throwing empathy at it. And we started to really mm. say, okay, how do we get these millennials in? Before I left, what we realized was, and we launched, is that millennials in, in charities nowadays, they don't really, after college, but after college, I guess they're not even millennials anymore in college. I'm, I'm, I'm right. But after college, after they've done the Relay for Life at the universities and that type of thing, they were in the workforce and they didn't, they didn't really want to do a lot of the scheduled events. They didn't want to do the galas. They didn't want to do the walks. They didn't, you know, it was a get that gap there. And so we said, well, why don't we just create an app where if they wanted to, you know, have all their friends meet for happy hour and, you know, that became the event for them and said, yo, everybody throwing five bucks in my app. It's right. for cancer society. So do yourself fundraising. And that type of flexibility has done, has done well for them. So, that was it. I mean, it, the big thing was getting everybody into innovation, thinking innovatively, giving them permission to fail on one side and the other side, having my team just, just build stuff out. So it was, it was a blast. It sounded like it, man. And I think one of the most important things that I picked up on that was just how you, your first step was to listen, you know, listen to the people that are actually right. there because you're going to learn so much from them. And I'm sure you agree on it in, in, in our times and in, in the different things that we've done. Honestly, that's where I've found the problems, but then I've also been able to discover talking to people, the solutions. You're always going to, and that's why sometimes your customers, a lot of times your customers are the best thing to find. If you have a problem, talk to your customers that are complaining the most or have the most feedback for you. That's where your, your biggest opportunity lies. And I think that's, it's, I loved how that was your step one. You know, you know, you know it's funny, Guni, I, my kids, right? You know them. Uh, Absolutely. They've come to me and they said that they wanted to start a company. Well, my eight-year-old really did my, my six-year-old. Company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I have an office with a big whiteboard. Of course I do. And I've got sticky notes all over my walls right now. And it was a whiteboarding session I had with them. 
And the very first rule I put there, I've got three rules up there. I said the number one rule of business is to listen. Listen mm. to the market, listen to your customers. Always keep your ear to the ground. And then I said the number one rule of business is to outwork everyone in focus. I have three number one rules, right? <laughs> I said, yeah. I said you got to outwork everyone. You got to focus. You can't, you know, you got to go. You got to move. It's okay, right? It's okay if you trip a little bit, but run. And then the number, other number one rule in business was have fun. And so yep. that, for me, again, entrepreneurship for me is, you know, everything that I do now is really mission-based, right? Especially right. after my time at the American Cancer. When you're an entrepreneur, you know this, brother, it is hard. Oh, it my goodness. Yep. So hard. There's so many times, dude, <laughs> like, whoa, what am I doing, right? Yep. And it, unless you have that mission, unless you have that passion, unless you have that drive, bro, it's over. It is. <laughs> it's it over, is. Right? And it's, it's, I'll add to that. It's lonely. It yeah. really can be very lonely. Sometimes these problems that you're dealing with are so unique, but, but it's a lot of fun. And like you said, it's that passion. And what I kind of want to get into now, because the project you're working on is so interesting. And it's a twofold question is if you can tell us more about Zone Den CBD, which which guys is, is amazing. The perspective that Amit and Lofa have taken in producing, you know, the greatest CBD products out there and in the care that they take, they didn't just want to introduce another CBD brand. They've really taken the time to understand the market, educate themselves and bring to the market something that stands to the testament of quality. I've tried it myself. I love the products. So Amit, talk to us a little bit about Zoned In CBD and then also how have you guys pivoted during COVID-19 with this? Yeah, so it's funny. I've known, I've known Lo for about six years now. And we were in my basement. We were talking about some other business ideas in 2018. And when December came, CBD got, the, the hemp bill got passed and, and CBD was legal. And so Loaf says to me, hey, I think we should pivot, right? I, you know, this, mm. these other ideas are great, but I think we should go to do the CBD thing. And my first question was, what's CBD, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's that? Good, That's good, good question. Listening, right? There you go. <laughs> Listening, right? And so he started telling me his story. And Lofa, for those who don't know, Lofa played in the NFL for uh, the Seahawks for six years. He was a team captain all six years. And, and while he played, he ended up having 15 recorded concussions. He had, yeah, 10 surgeries on the body. And so my guy was beat up and he was right. beat up. And so he's CBD about three years ago. And all of a sudden he started to feel better. He started to wake up. He started to move around. He started to get gained 50 pounds. And so he started going working out again. He, started, he lost all 50 and he started to really feel fantastic and when i asked what cbd and he explained it to me his next thing the next thing i said well, why do you want to launch a company around this he goes i want to help as many people as i possibly can and i was in i'm like let's go right yep, yep. let's let's go help as many people as we possibly can and so we we started the company last year we launched the market in october we've got a tincture we've got capsules uh, and now we just we've just got a topical roll on that came out here recently as well. So we have a topical and yeah, we, we wanted to make sure that we had top quality stuff because we had heard about the market. We don't throw shade at any other company, right? But there's, there's been reports from Consumer Reports and from Giamma actually came out with something here a little bit ago where 70% uh, of the CBD companies that they tested didn't have what was listed on the outside of the bottle. It's similar things that they found in supplement brands as well. Yep. Crazy, right? And yeah. so we thought, let's get the best 
manufacturer uh, partnership that we can. We're only going to work with U.S. farms. Let's make sure everything is super, super clean. Uh, let's test it multiple times. Let's get certificates of analysis on everything. And let's make sure that we, we come out with something really, really good. And, and we have, and we've done, you know, things, have been, things have been fantastic. And the, the biggest piece that you know, has been great for us is just hearing the testimonials from people right. and the impact on their lives. And so uh, that's, yeah, that's our project and, and what we're doing now. Before COVID started, we were looking at working with uh, some national distribution companies to get into some of the bigger, some of the bigger chains out there. After COVID, it was like, okay, well, all that's, that's shut down right, right. now. And so we, we have a small team. And so we thought, okay, we can, we had focused on retail and we had focused on online before. And so we said, let's go all in on online sales and really, really go deeper. Again, going back to the empathy piece, right? Really go deeper on our demographic, really go deeper on our analytics, really go deeper on our messaging and our you know, digital marketing and our, you know, the triggers for people and, and really be able to, to work on that side of the business. And it's been great. It actually has been really, really good for us to, as we've done that. Thank you for sharing the zoned in story. I mean, I, 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 I've seen, I mean, we, we were, you know, we were talking when you were just about it and then you were kind of asking me, and I said, look, I mean, being in the industry, I've, I've seen a bunch. I'm, I'm not the expert here, but it is a, an ex- exponentially growing market. And I think you guys have done it right. You were my guru through it. Are you kidding me? Oh, well, I, listeners out there, good news Cody would pick up the phone whenever I called and it, like walk me through exactly what this what this space was about. So I love you and thank you for that. Well, I appreciate it, man. But I mean, it's it's. And I was gonna say one thing is I I have a lot of other my some of my MBA buddies and and school friends. You know, the way you, that you were approaching it with having the keenness on the manufacturing and quality, that's what made me want to continue to help you and and do it because that to me is super important. I, I'm, I've been blessed as well to grow around a family business. And my dad's fundamental things was quality. And I remember these words that he said to me. He said, if the products that I make is not safe enough for my child to consume, then what are we doing? You know, and that stuck with me forever because I, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's quality is not cheap, but quality always is right. It's the right thing to do. And I love what you said, like the, the, the extra testing, the C of A's. Does it cost more? Of course it does. Does it eat at your bottom line? Yes. But but you sleep well at night knowing that you've done everything to produce the best, safe, most effective product on the market. Because then, as you're saying, your customers will speak volumes and do the marketing for you. And, and that's what I love. Yeah. You know? So this has been such an awesome conversation. I, I have one more question for you, and then I want to get into kind of a rapid-fire round which I didn't send you anything the outline for because it's just, you know, kind of an off the cuff kind of thing. And which I know you're really good at anyways, but it's something that's interesting. So one of the, one of the last questions for me is that I have for you is we were talking earlier about how entrepreneurship and the reality is it can be very hard, but I feel that when you have that strong vision or that why established, it gets you going. Can you talk about how important it was for you to connect with the why when you heard Lofa say to help people? What triggered you to jump on? 
Yeah, you know, the why has always been extremely important to me. We're only here for a certain amount of time, right? Let me, let, I'll, I'll go real high first and real, <laughs> real with this, right? This is, uh, we're, we're only here for, for who knows how long, right? And this journey that we have in life, man, I, want, I wanted to always, I've always wanted to make it count. Right. I'm always going to make it count. And, and so if I'm, if I'm not doing something that, you know, where, and I'm blessed now where I can start to, I can choose what I want to do. Right. So I, I, I'll acknowledge that. But if I'm not doing something that I deeply in my heart of hearts believe in, it feels like I'm wasting a lot of my own time. And that, that to me is, that's it, right? That's our biggest asset. And so I need to have that why. As an entrepreneur, doubly, right? Like I need to have it to keep going right. when it's darkest of hours, you know, in a company, right? I need to have that, that why and that passion. So when Loaf said to me, I want to help as many people as I possibly can, are you kidding me? I was like, let's right. go. Yep. Let's go, right? And so, yeah, I mean, the why is, is, is everything to me. And, I, and I've been teaching my kids this as well. Right? I, I told you about my board. Right. Uh, and I'll tell you, right underneath the three number one rules, I've got what is our why. Yeah, I love that. What is our why? Karmic Moves. That's the name of the company. I'll give them a little shout out to <laughs> Definitely. It's awesome. You know, why are we doing this? Because people, you know, again, I'm going to steal a little from Simon Sinek here, but people don't care about the stuff as much as they care about the reason behind it as well. So if you want to, if you really want to build a company that's based on relationships rather than transactions, then you need to build a tribe. And if you're going to build a tribe, you better, that tribe comes together for a reason. Right. It comes for a reason. And, and so that, that why is, is everything from a, from a personal perspective as well as a business one. Absolutely. Amit, man, for, for the time, I wish we could keep going. I need to have you back on because I think we can segue into so many things. This has been so fun and always an incredible learning. You know, every time I sit down with you, I've taken tons of notes and some of these are also executionable notes on, on what I can do for some of the things that I've learned from, from my company and my brand. But can you tell the, the listeners here how they can learn more about Zoned In CBD, how they can learn more about you and what you guys are doing? Maybe some, you know, websites or, or, or social handles. So please feel free to kind of take the time for that. Zone in CBD uh, is our website, www.zoneincbd.com. So go there and uh, you, you can see Lofa's story on the site. I'd start with that. I'd start with the why, right? right. And then go, go to the rest of the site. Uh, and then our handles are at Zone and CBD on Insta, Facebook. We've had a, a very, very fun start to, to this company. And, and we'd love for you guys to, to try our products and, and let us know what you think. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm going to get into the little rapid round here that we always do, and then we can kind of wrap it up. And we'll also include that in the show notes as well, Amit, when, when we post, so people can kind of learn more about it. So here we go, buddy. What is one book that you would like to pass on to your kids' kids? I've mentioned Simon Sinek a few times, and we've talked a lot about the why. Uh, start with why, I think yep. is Extremely important book, not, not only to entrepreneurship, but just to life in general, right? He does a very good job with his, his golden circles, kind of explaining why, why, right? And so yep, it's, yep. it's very, very good. What is the one quote you live by each day? I do like the quote when, you know, times are, are tough in life around Theodore Roosevelt and, you know, the man in the arena. And so that, that whole bit is, is, is great. 
but you know, a saying, carpe diem, right? Yeah, like I, yeah. I was wake up and I'm like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> right. You know, there's, there's so much stuff to, to do and, 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 and make happen. So it's like, yeah, see, seize the day. Seize. Love that. Love that. What are the top three things you're grateful for every day? I'm happy you asked that question because when the kids and I do our prayers at night, we just, we just talk to God. It's not, we, yeah, we do our prayers at night and we do, you know, thank you God for our food, our family and, and, you know, everything that we're blessed with. And then we, uh, we, we end it with favors for God. Please don't let me hit my little brother, that type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. Two boys. That, that's the issue with two boys, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling yeah. you. Well, but the middle piece is, you know, what we're, what we're deeply grateful for, you know, for the day, right? And, and for me, you know, it, it, family, I always, yeah. always is the first thing that, I mean, I, I've been so blessed. You've been blessed, right? We're so lucky Absolutely. to have you know what I mean? And, and, you know, again, going back to, I know this is rapid fire. And if I go too long, you just say, no, 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 you're good. You're good. But, you know, just, just being around like my dad, right? I mean, yeah. super spiritual and, and just kept me grounded and, and, you know, it's okay. Right. It's okay. It's okay. And on my mom, right. The energy and the hustle and also the compassion. I remember when we were in high school, when I was a little side story, you know, we had family friends that, that needed money. Right. And we just bought a house and we didn't have, I mean, we were immigrant family, right. We didn't have that much. And so right. we bought this, this house. And I remember, Walking in, my mom and dad, I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, hey, we're, we're getting some money from credit cards to help these people out. I'm like, well, can't they do it? I mean, being, being you know, a young high school, yeah. maybe, right? I'm like, can't they do that? And my mom said to me, she goes, you know what? I've been blessed where I can, I'm a nurse and I can go do more hours to pay it back. They're not going to be able to pay it back. And so that compassion, right? That compassion and that drive and that energy from her and that just realization of how we're just connected to everything from my dad. I mean, that, that's, you know, and your mom and dad, geez, Guni, I mean, how lucky are we? Right. So, you know, and if we, and, and if you don't have it with your parents, you know, uh, to everybody out there, you know, find, find your tribe, find people, you know, that, that can, that, that can teach you these, that can bring the best out of you, I guess. Um, absolutely. No, absolutely. We, I mean, we're incredibly blessed, man. I mean, just, just to have the parents and them provide the kind of the vision and the structure. Absolutely. Incredibly blessed. And last question for you, bud. What is it that makes you get out of bed every morning? It's a mix of, of excitement and wonder. I wake up and I'm like, yeah, let's go, right? And, and it's like, what are we, what's going to happen today? Right. Let's go right. attack, right? It's, it's that. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. Amit, man, brother, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience sharing your wisdom around innovation. I know the community is going to get so much value. I just want to say thank you so much. And we definitely will love to have you back on. Well, thank you, brother. I love you. Yeah, anytime. You let me know. Thank you so much. Take care. We hope this episode helped make your life simple. It would mean the absolute world to us if you share, subscribe, and let others know about the work we do here. Thank you. And join us next week on the Balanced Being Podcast with Guni Sodi.